0: Hello everybody and welcome to Don't Burst My Bubble with me, your host, Josh Ascroft. In today's episode of the show, we're going to be breaking down the games that happened yesterday and boy, were they fun. So yesterday was Wednesday, August 19th. The games we had were Nets Raptors, Jazz Nuggets, Sixers Celtics, and Mavericks Clippers. What an upset to end the evening. I will of course be giving you your daily injury report first and without further ado let's get right into things. This is Don't Burst My Bubble. Okay so let's begin the show with our injury report. So uh, recording the show relatively early today. This is As of the injury report submitted 5 30 p.m. Eastern Time last night. So for Miami at Indiana, Jeremy Lamb remains out, as does DeMontis Sabonis. Victor Oladipo remains listed as questionable. He took that hit to his left eye in the first game of that series. Hopefully he will be returning, but still listed as questionable there. On the Miami Heat side of the ball, Jay Crowder is listed as questionable, having a little bit of trouble with his left ankle. I imagine he will likely play, however. In the OKC-Houston game, Russell Westbrook remains out with that right quad strain. We will not see Russell Westbrook today, according to this injury report. For OKC, uh, Lou Dort remains out also. Big issues there. They had real trouble containing Harden in that first game. That's likely going to continue. For Orlando at Milwaukee, no one out for the Bucks. On Orlando's side of the ball, Mobamba remains out. Uh, Michael Carter Williams is doubtful. Jonathan Isaac, of course, is still out, and Aaron Gordon remains questionable. For Portland at Lakers, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron both listed as quest uh, as probable. Probable that is definitely not questionable. Rondo listed as questionable, however, and for the Portland Trailblazers, Zach Collins and Nasir Little are both out CJ McCollum is available despite those issues that he is having with his back okay so let's talk about the games that happened yesterday there was a lot of fun ones so we'll start things with Raptors Nets the Nets put up a real fight in this game they continue to show that at the very young core of this team when they don't have Kyrie Kevin Durant Spencer Dinwiddie There's some real fighters on this team, guys who are not going to back down even when they are put in a position where they're facing a much more talented team than them. Uh, Karis LeVert had 16 points and 11 assists. Jarrett Allen had 14 points and 15 rebounds. Joe Harris actually also had 14 points and 15 rebounds. Very impressive from him. And uh, Garrett Temple, 21 points as well. Uh, the Raptors side of the ball. The the Nets actually led the game for the for the majority until sort of toward the end of the third quarter. Raptors then sort of able to wrap things up. It looked like a, a pretty confident performance from the Raptors. Though there was never really a point where I thought the Raptors were going to lose the game. They just have such control defensively. Like a lot of the game yesterday, their shots just weren't falling but their defense was able to keep them in the game and make sure that the Nets never got too far away for them to be able to regain that lead. Um, notable performances on the Raptors' side of the ball. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, another 24 point and uh, 10 assists, so another double-double for him. Um, Norman Powell had 24 points. Kyle Lowry had 21 and 9 rebounds. Pascal Siakam had 19 So as we've come to expect with the Raptors, a good all-round performance from the team. Ultimately, the defense getting the job done on that one. Uh, For other games that we had yesterday, Jazz Nuggets. And who would have thought the Jazz were going to come out swinging? With Mike Conley having returned to the bubble, he did not play as he is still quarantining. However, the Jazz still able to walk away with a win. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, another 30 points. Uh, He had 30 points and 8 assists. We had 26 points from Jordan Clarkson uh, and a very important 19 from Rudy Gobert and 18 from Joe Ingles. So everyone on the Jazz stepping up. The Nuggets, 28 and 11 from Jokic, 28 points from Michael Porter Jr., so a much more impressive game for him. And then Jamal Murray continues to do what we've known him for really is have an astounding game one night and just have that lack of consistency. So last night he had just 14 points. A real difference maker. Um, They ended up, you know, losing by 19 overall. The Jazz, it felt like they just wanted this game more. It felt like they went into it with uh, the mindset that they were going to get in front and just stay there, which is basically what they did for the entire game. Uh, The Nuggets shot better than them from the uh, three-point line. They had more free throws. They had more rebounds. Um, Jazz had great ball movement. That's reflected in the fact that they had 10 more assists than the Nuggets. Uh, they had more blocks. They they definitely you know utilized Rudy Gobert. Um, in the post, they tried to contain Jokic as much as possible anyway. But a, a great performance uh, by the Jazz, one that I was very surprised with. So that series is now tied up at 1-1. to We will have the next game in that series uh, tomorrow at 4. So I'll be intrigued to see who's able to take the lead on that one. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whether we'll get an update as well on when Mike Conley will be back. Okay, 76 to Celtics. I thought the Celtics were going to have real trouble yesterday. Having lost Gordon Haywood, I didn't think that this game was going to go as smoothly as it did, given that the game that they did have Gordon Haywood out there for 32 minutes ended up being a heck of a lot closer than this one did. So in this game, uh, Jason Tatum was frankly unstoppable. He got to whatever spots he wanted to, and Matisse Theibel was the only person on the Sixers who even made him work uh, for the points that he was getting. There is a real issue with that with that Philly team. We're going to get into that. Jason Tatum had 33 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Jalen Brown had 20 points. Kemba Walker had 22. He looked like he was really moving well out there. Ennis Kanter had 10 and 9. Grant Williams had 9 and 6. You know, I love this Celtics team. They are so fun to watch, so much fun. On the Sixers side of the ball, Joel did what Joel needed to do in this game. He had 34 and 10. That's exactly what these Sixers are looking for. However, the offensive woes continue. There's there's no one else to score. Josh Richardson did well. He had 18 points. Shake Milton had 14, and then Tobias Harris had 13. From there on, it's two points, three points, five points. It's not enough. When you are going against an offensive talent like the Celtics are, it, one guy isn't going to be enough when you're a defensive-minded team that can't actually lock in on defense. You've you got to have some kind of offense too, but he, they don't. They, they really don't. I think this Philly team's going to get swept. Joel Embiid was talking about the fact that this is very different from a regular playoffs. How usually they would uh, go home to Philly at this point, and he talked about how they never seem to lose in front of their fans, which I think is really funny. But I, I, I think the I think the Sixers are getting swept. I I don't think they have any hope. I'm actually going to be a virtual fan for the Sixers um, tomorrow on Friday. I managed to get one of the virtual uh free seats that they give out so that's cool looking forward to seeing what that experience is going to be like i of course will report back on that on saturday's episode of the show when i will have done that but i think the Sixers have no hope left in this series they look so dejected and i think the coaching is all wrong brett brown talked about the fact that he has no plan on spacing the floor more that it than it is Matisse-Thiebel isn't playing enough when you clearly need someone to slow down Tatum. And then the issue is you put Matisse out there just to slow down Tatum or slow down Brown. And Matisse, I I love him. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to develop on the offensive side of the floor, but he hasn't yet. And that was reflected yesterday. He had two points in the 25 minutes that he played. Just running around like a headless chicken, frantically trying to chase after Jason Tatum, with no one else helping him. I, I felt bad for Matisse out there. He put, he put in a good effort on the defensive end of the floor. The Celtics are just too good offensively for a Philly team that isn't willing to lock in on defense and actually play to their strengths. I can't believe that Ennis Cantor is getting 10 minutes a game. I, I can't believe Ennis Cantor is playing at all. Frankly, it's ridiculous to me that this Sixers team still stands the way that it is. I think they're going to get swept out of this first round. I think Brett Brown is going to be fired. And then after that, I think it's entirely possible that either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons gets traded. I don't know which one. If I were them... I think I'd stick with Ben Simmons just because I think he might have a better mentality than Joel Embiid. I'm not sure Joel has the right mindset to be a true NBA superstar, but we'll see. Brett Brown is for sure getting fired, though. There's no chance, no chance in the entire world that Brett Brown is not fired after this season. And finally, Mavericks Clippers. What a game. So much fun to watch. The Mavericks walk away with the win 127-114. to Luka Doncic, just 28 minutes, ended up getting into some foul trouble, picked up his fifth foul at the beginning of the fourth quarter. But in that 28 minutes, he did manage to have 28 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. So not bad. Not a bad performance. Kristaps Porzingis managed to stay in the game without getting ejected this time, which made a huge difference for the Mavs. He had 23 points and seven rebounds. Tim Hardaway Jr. put up 17 points, Trey Burke 16 points, so that Michigan connection between those guys clearly continuing to propel the Mavs forward. and Seth Curry had a great 15, and not forgetting of course Boban Marjanovic, 13 points and 10 rebounds, or 9 rebounds sorry, in just 10 minutes for Boban. On the Clipper side of the ball, it was a great individual performance by Kawhi, he had 35 points, 10 rebounds. Paul George, playoff Paul is back. People just 14 points, did have 10 rebounds, but what a night for Paul George! Not a good one though, not a good one by any means. Lou Williams had a great performance off the bench as he often does, with 23 points. Montrez Harrell up to 22 minutes in the game last night with just 10. The Mavs have figured some things out, ladies and gentlemen. They have figured out that actually they have a couple of things that the Clippers can't quite handle. They actually don't have any match for Boban. He is a matchup nightmare for the Clippers, and you saw that. He put up 13 points in 10 minutes, grabbed nine boards too. They don't have a typical center to to defend him. You have Zubac, I guess, who's still on the shorter side. You have uh, Montrezl Harrell, again, who's also on the shorter side and not well-conditioned right now. Boban Marjanovic can absolutely abuse the Clippers in the paint when he wants to. Great offensive player. Doesn't doesn't quite give you what you need on the, on the defensive end of the floor, but it's okay. And we like him. He's a fan favorite. Other than that, it's just incredible. Luka had a great shooting night, which definitely helped the Mavs. But I think a lot of people expected that when the playoffs were going to start, this Mavs offense wasn't going to work. People assumed that it's the playoffs... Defense is going to come up. They're not going to be able to get these looks that they have. And I'm sorry to tell you, but they can't. Luka Doncic is such a phenomenal talent that when he drives to the lane, your two options are we either commit multiple guys to him or we let him get a layup. And he's probably going to get fouled too on a good number of those possessions as well. If we do commit to him, he's going to pass the ball out and the Mavs have a great array of three-point shooting the Mavs as a a couple of people have said they're like the Rockets they play like the Rockets they're playing small but their guys are just big other than when Boban's on the floor everyone else Maxi Kleber is a great three-point shooter when he wants to be like in in a reliable sense for a guy who plays power forward and center he's a good three three three-point shooter Dorian Finney-Smith has been knocking them down as has Tim Hardaway Jr. Seth Curry, of course, goes without saying how well he can knock down the three. This Mavs team has done a lot by taking this game. They, they've leveled the playing field, so to speak, and they are doing it behind a 21-year-old leader who fully believes in them. Luka talked about the fact that you have to think that you're going to win. You, you don't deserve to be here if you don't think that you're going to win. And both teams now have the same goal they have, uh, five games remaining in the series to win three games. And I wouldn't put it past the Mavs to do it. I think the Clippers have another gear to get to. But it's outrageous to watch the things that Luka Doncic can do. You're talking about arguably the two best perimeter defenders in the NBA in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And there's nothing they can do about Luka Doncic right now. Knock on wood if you're a Mavs fan. There's nothing they can do. He does whatever he wants on the floor. He drives to the lane. He uses his size so well. He's actually too strong for Kawhi or Paul George, which is saying a lot for those guys. They try and bully him around, but he had a great, great performance, especially given the, how many turnovers he had after after game one. Luca's has become the youngest player in NBA history to... Well, he had the most points in, in, in an NBA uh, playoff debut in history. The fastest player to reach 70 points uh, in, in playoff history in, in their, their first playoff minutes. He's played two games, already scored 70 points. 28 points, 42 points. He's essentially going to average, whether the Mavs win or lose, he's more than likely going to average a 30-point triple-double for his first ever playoff series. Think about that for a second. This guy is 21 years old. By the time Luka is the age that Kawhi is now, in his physical prime, it will be 2028. Think about how much will have changed in the NBA by that point. The future is bright in the NBA, and the future is bright for the Dallas Mavericks. The the future of Porzingis and Doncic... I don't know what the over-under is on championships for the next eight years. I think it's probably two. I I wouldn't be surprised if they got two in that time, maybe more. It depends on, I think they can still make some off-season moves that will make this team stronger. I think that while Trey Burke has been producing for them really well, I still think that they need a primary ball handler to come off the bench and lead the offense when Luka isn't on the floor. But this Mavs team is scary. They do what they want. And they play their basketball. They're not afraid by this intense Clippers defense. They just get to their spots. They knock down the shots. Rick Carlisle's happy. The team is thriving. That series tied at 1-1. For today. What a day it is. Because not only do we have NBA basketball games. We also have the NBA draft lottery coming up. But today at 1-1. We have Heat paces. The series currently Miami up 1-0. I would assume that Miami is going to go up 2-0 today. We'll have to see. Thunder Rockets, obviously Russell Westbrook is still out, but that had little to no effect on the Rockets in that first game. We'll see if the Thunder have more of a defensive match for them or whether the Rockets have a worse shooting game because they were on fire in that game one. Magic Bucks, Orlando leads 1-0. I didn't misspeak, Orlando leads 1-0. So we'll see if the Bucks have finally got themselves together, if they've shaken off that rust. I think you can expect the Bucks to win by 20 points today pretty comfortably. And finally, the game we're all going to be waiting for, Trailblazers-Lakers. Can the Blazers go up 2-0 on the Lakers in this round one? The Lakers, their offense still doesn't look good. They'll probably shoot the ball better tonight. But also, the Blazers didn't shoot super well in Game 1 either. I think the Blazers will have a better shooting night. I think they'll continue to get good looks from 3. And I think Damian Lillard will score even more points than he did in Game 1. It's a very exciting game of basketball. We also have the NBA Draft Lottery happening at 8.30. That's why the first three games of the day are 30 minutes earlier than they have been for the rest of the playoffs so far. It's so they can fit in that draft lottery nice and quickly. So get prepared. Pistons fans, Knicks fans, Cavs fans. Who else is up there? I don't even know. There's um Atlanta will have a decent shot at a good pick. It's gonna be a fun time. Golden State, of course, have the best odds right now to get the number one pick. So we'll see. I'm rooting for the Pistons in this one. I'm hoping they're gonna come up in the draft. I'm looking forward to it, though. Thank you so much for listening. Tomorrow's episode of the show is very special. I'm going to be joined by Ben Gulliver from the Washington Post to talk to him about his new book, Bubble Ball, that will be coming out in May 2021, as well as talking about his experience in the bubble so far, how it's differing from normal playoff basketball. Hopefully, I'll get a couple of minutes to chat with him about the Blazers as well. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Don't Burst My Bubble. I will see you tomorrow.